from the high desert in the great American Hudson Valley region of New York State, I bid you all a good evening, a good morning, a good afternoon, wherever you may be in this cosmos. Welcome to episode number 53 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill. And I will be riding solo tonight as Chris and I could not get our schedules to match up and we had not put out an episode in about a week and a half. So we wanted to get something out to you, but rest assured, Chris will be back with us next week. And as you may or may not have noticed that incredible Art Bell tribute at the beginning of the show, Art Bell and his show Coast to Coast AM is literally one of my favorite shows, and we're actually going to be covering a topic that originated on Coast to Coast AM when our man, Art Bell, received a fax from a time traveler. That's right, folks. Tonight, we are going to be talking about my favorite topic, time travel. I should mention that Chris was supposed to be with me. We both hopped in separate time machines, and we were supposed to meet back in the year 2000. Unfortunately, it appears that Chris ended up on a different timeline than me, and we certainly do hope that he finds his way back. More importantly than that, we certainly do wish him well. But with all that said, no matter what great tragedy may have befallen Chris, the show must go on, because tonight... Everybody, we are talking about the one and only, the most famous time traveler of our generation, Mr. John Titer. That's right, I said Titer. A lot of people pronounce it Teeter, but I believe the correct pronunciation is Titer. Not Tit or Titer. So we're going to be going with John Titer tonight. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give a brief synopsis of this case. And then, as I always say, and it's very fitting especially for tonight's episode, we're going to go backwards to go forward. How do you like that? Now, let's get into this. Who was John Titer? John Titer first came into the public eye when he started posting on message boards or forums in the Time Travel Institute. And this started on November 2nd of 2000. But John Titer's first appearance came back in 1998, and we're going to get into that. But let's talk about a couple of things first. Who was John Titer? Where did he come from? What did he want? And what does he know about the future? So let's dive right into it. Let's hop in the back of my time machine and uh, maybe we can find Chris along the way and let's get rolling. So as I said, Titer started appearing on message boards on a time travel institute. You know, if you're on a time travel message board, immediately if you start making claims that you're a time traveler, you're going to get bites, you know, that's just putting bait out in a shark tank. People are going to be there and, and, and they're going to want to get involved. Now, Titer claimed to be a time traveler from the year 2036. He said that he was a military soldier and he was actually headed back to 1975 to secure, believe it or not, an old IBM computer, the IBM 5100, which was known as the first portable computer. Now, if you see this thing, it doesn't look very portable at all. I mean, you can obviously pick it up and move it. By today's standards, it <laughs> looks like a fucking house. It has like a small little six-inch monitor, a section for what appears to be a floppy disk, and a keyboard. Titer said he had to go back to retrieve this IBM 5100 because apparently within this specific computer there was software that had the ability to debug various legacy computer programs in the year 2036 now what makes this interesting is that 
According to many computer scientists, they said that Titer was actually producing information that was not released to the public, that IBM wanted to keep secretive as so that their competitors would not be able to copy their program. Immediately, you're going to think, all right, this guy must be a tech guy. Maybe he has knowledge of the machine. Maybe he had worked with it. Who knows? That's the first bold claim that Titer makes. Now, you may ask, why this guy? Why John Titer? Was he a computer analyst? Was he computer tech? Was he well-versed in all things technology? No. As we said, he claimed to have been a soldier. But the thing here is that Titer said that his grandfather, old grandpappy Titer, was directly involved in the assembly and the programming of the 5100. Obviously, you know, this guy knows something about this specific computer or knows someone that knows something. But for the sake of this story, he's saying it's his paternal grandfather. Remember, we said that Titer was coming from the year 2036. But from his timeline in 2036, time travel is relatively new, about two years old. So, we said he went back to 1975 to retrieve this computer. So you may ask, why was he making his presence known in the early 2000s? Well, he says that he came back to stop in the year 2000 for personal reasons. And those reasons, as he states, were to connect with family and to retrieve old family photos that were, quote unquote, lost in the Civil War. Now, get this, our man Titty Boy here warns the citizens of 2000 that there will be an upcoming civil war in the United States having to do with quote-unquote orders and rights. And he says that this begins in the year 2004 with civil unrest surrounding the presidential election of that year. When I get into the rest of his predictions, I think you're going to see that they read almost as a horoscope where you could kind of formulate a way to put these predictions into any format that you may want. You know, you, you can kind of read into them in a various different ways. You know, if you're looking at the election of 2016, 2020, how fucking crazy it's been, right? So, you know, he may have just been, you know, a decade or so off, but there definitely was civil unrest regarding those two elections, but maybe not so far as a civil war, but we definitely are seeing conflict. He warns that the conflict is going to get worse. And another quote here, it's going to have a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse. We're talking about the Waco, Texas siege, in which you know the Branch Davidians had their compound raided by the feds, leading to various deaths, shootouts, and shit. So he's essentially saying that we're going to have friction between the federal government and the citizens of the United States, this leading to tons of violence, and eventually leading to the collapse of society as we know it. And he says by 2008, things have gone completely fucking insane. He goes on to say that the United States was split up into five different regions. And each of these regions had different military objectives. There is a push for more state rights. So each state or each region that we have here, in this case five, have their own objectives that they want to achieve. Now, he goes on to say that the finality of it came in 2015 after, and I quote here, a brief but intense World War III. Now, let me just go backwards for a second, because Titer says at the end of this World War III that there was actually a nuclear attack that destroyed the environment and the infrastructure. Basically, it just completely devastated them, and not only in the U.S., but the other world powers. So, 
we're talking about just carnage all over the place. And more specifically, he says that in 2015, that Russia launched a nuclear strike against major cities in the United States. And get this, this is kind of weird. He says, you know, obviously Washington, D.C. was um, one of the targets, but also, and I don't understand this at all, Jacksonville, Florida, maybe due to their proximity on, on the coast, but you would assume New York or Los Angeles, you know, a larger metropolis area. But, uh... He makes the prediction or the claim that it's Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida. Now, I thought this was kind of interesting <laughs> and, and, and very out of left field. He says that after the war, that Omaha, Nebraska, of all places, is named the new U.S. capital. And I don't know why. Your guess is as good as mine. Nothing against Omaha, Nebraska. I've never been there. I'm sure it's beautiful. But it just seems like a very bizarre place to name the capital of the United States. And when you look this shit up online, they say that a lot of these predictions, or basically all of them, none of them came true. But I don't know. And uh, you tell me what you think about this. When they ask him for exact motivations and the causes of World War III, he says, uh, and I quote here, hostilities as being led by border clashes and overpopulation. Now, anybody here in the States knows right now we're having issues at the border. And it's on the news every day. But I suggest turning off the news for a little bit. Go outside, clear your head, go for a hike, go for a run. You don't need that fucking poison in your life every second of every day. Now, we start to see a couple of cracks in John's story. Now, there's a barrage of questions that you can imagine. This guy's getting all sorts of attention on these message boards. And the questions are just coming from each direction. He says that as a 13-year-old in 2011, he joined a shotgun infantry down in Florida called the Fighting Diamondbacks. But then in some other post, he said that he was hiding from the war. So there are definitely some inconsistencies here. So remember I said that Titer was first introduced without the name Titer. We come to find out that it must have been the same person because the stories match up and a lot of the details are the same. So we either have one person writing this or someone just went off of the original story. But what I want to do now is actually discuss what got Titer worldwide recognition for uh, the theory of time travel because a lot of physicists say that, you know, what he was saying is pretty much on point as to theories of how they believe time travel would work if it was actually true. So what I'm going to do now is go back to July 29th, 1998. And that's when our man Titty Boy rolls up on the scene for the first time. And this person does not go by the name of John Titer at that point. Still basically anonymous, just calling himself a time traveler. And this is, and remember when I said that Art Bell from the show Coast to Coast AM received a fax from someone claiming to be a time traveler. So at this point, I'm going to go ahead and read that fax that came through because it's going to give you a better understanding of the way he describes time travel and the way it works because I have no idea. Maybe you can uh, make some sense out of this. So here we go. Dear Art, I had to fax you when I heard time travelers calling in from... Anytime past the year 2500 AD, please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first continued singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, 
you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn your singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To get back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are, one, you meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Two, you can alter history in a new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engines so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in 2564. Everyone who has been there reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 2564. It appears the line went bad around the year 2000. I'm here now, in this time, to test a few theories of mine before going forward. Now, for the future you might want to know about. 1. Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. Two. The government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. Three, a power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back. Four, a few years later, communal government system is developed after the constitution takes a few twists. China retakes Taiwan, Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Art, the reason I'm here now is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war might have something to do with the damaged timeline. I will test that theory and get back to you. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. Pretty ominous note, huh? Or facts, I should say. So uh, let's uh, see if we can unravel that. I mean, he describes how time travel works. I'm not getting into that. You can look that up for yourself. Because I don't want to waste your time by fumbling through all this stuff and trying to understand it as I go. So let's uh, get into what uh, Tider says in this note. And the most cryptic thing that he parlays is that basically we're looking at the end of time and the end of the universe in the year 2564 due to another nuclear war. He's saying that he's attempting to go back in time on different timelines to figure out what the hell happened and making slight changes, subtle changes to figure out what the hell happened and if there's any possible way that he and or other time travelers can change the future by going back to the past. And now a word from our sponsor. Tonight's episode is brought to you by JustAnApron.net. JustAnApron.net. Have you longed for a meal to be cooked for you in your own home by two non-chefs? If so, 
JustAnApron.net is a service for you. JustAnApron.net is a service where Chris and I will come to your home wearing nothing but an apron and cook you a world-class organic gluten-free lunch. Please remember that mask mandates apply. Even though we can't cook face-to-face, we can cook cheek-to-cheek. If that sounds delicious to you, contact us today at JustAnApron.net. Now, back to the show. The interesting thing here and the way these predictions work and a lot of people saying these predictions didn't come true, you know, this guy's full of shit, but he was very smart in describing the multi-timelines, how you can change the outcomes by being on different timelines and something that happens in one timeline may not happen in another timeline. So, you know, he gives himself some wiggle room to say this may not have happened on this timeline that you're on, but it may be happening on another timeline or a some kind of multiverse, parallel universe. So we're getting into all this string theory, all this other shit. So, you know, he gives himself an out for all these predictions, which is pretty clever, right? But there are some other people that give Titer his just due, specifically for helping avoid mass damage and annihilation from Y2K. Because remember, we said that this first fax into Coast to Coast came on July 29th, 1998. So there are some people out there that say that Titer was indeed back in time to help with the Y2K issue. And basically things just moved on smoothly because those of us that went through the whole Y2K uh, paranoia uh, shit realized that nothing really ever came of it. So the big whopper in Titer's prediction is obviously the end of the world in 2564. Apparently he's now on his timeline trying to go backwards and he's, you know, making changes in every timeline that he could possibly make changes in to see if anything he does can alter that terrible fate. But before making his way and doing all of uh, God's work there, he continues to fax into Art Bell. And this is actually the second fax that came in. And again, this fax came in in 1998. So let's go through this second fax, shall we? Dear Mr. Bell. I am glad you're back. I faxed this information to you the day before you left the air. I wanted to make sure it wasn't lost in the shuffle, so I am sending a gift. If you've already seen this, please accept my apologies. If you choose to make this public, please do not publish the fax number. I had to fax when I heard other time travelers calling in past the time in the year 2500 AD. Let me explain, Mr. Bell. I sent a fax with the opening on July 29, 1998. As I said then, I am a time traveler. I have been on this world since April of this year, and I plan to leave soon. Typically, time travelers do not purposely affect the world lines they visit. However, this mission is unusually long, and I've grown attached to some of the people that I've met here. Anyway, for my own reasons, I have decided to help this world line by sharing information about the future with a few people in the hope that it will help their future. I am contacting you for the same reason. Unfortunately, there is no historical reference to your program in my world line. I believe you can change your future by creating one now. Some of the information presented on your program may be invaluable to upline researchers. I suggest you isolate the programs that concentrate on military technology and new physics theories. Transcribe these programs and put them someplace safe away from the box. I recommend some place in the Midwest. I also urge you to reconsider your paranoia to the Russians. They are not preparing for war on the average U.S. citizen. 
They are preparing for war with the U.S. government. They will eventually save this country and the lives of millions of Americans. I realize my claims are a bit difficult to accept, so I will send the following once I know you have received this fax. A few pages from the operations manual of my time machine and a few colored photographs of my vehicle. If you wish to contact me, I will be happy to share with you the physics of time travel and some of the events of your future. So now Titer is getting into attempting to provide some tangible proof regarding his uh, time travel. Basically telling us how it works, providing blueprints, and you know pictures of uh, the time machine itself. So, like I said, I have no idea what any of this shit means. Looking at this and then going by you know, the words of some computer scientists and, and physicists, I mean, they said that some of the stuff that he is saying could be credible to some degree. So, who the hell knows? I think the weirder thing in time travel is the fact that if this is indeed a hoax... How much effort someone put into doing this and how much research must have gone into all of this? Because, as I said, the first fast came through to Coast to Coast AM on July 29th of 1998. And then Titer is still posting on message boards all the ways until I believe it was March 24th of 2001. So upwards of about three years. So that's quite a long time for um, a hoax to continue. So as you can imagine, a lot of people weren't buying this. And back in uh, 2000, uh, of course, the internet wasn't what it is today. So you still kind of had to do your in-person investigation. So your information on the topic of time travel itself basically was, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming back in 2000, 2001, was pretty much non-existent. I mean, if you weren't a physicist, you'd have no idea what the hell this guy was even talking about. So people wanted to investigate, and that's exactly what happened. And that's when an Italian television program called Voyager, now I don't know what upset the Italians so much about this, but they went right after it. And uh, they aired the results of their investigation on May 19th, 2008. And by then, the internet was um, much more comparable as to what we see today. So this Italian TV show apparently hired this private investigator named uh, Mike Lynch, he found no evidence, past or present, of a man named John Titer. Now, get this. This is very interesting, very telling. He did, I repeat, he did, however, identify a John Titer Foundation, a for-profit company formed on September 16th, 2003. Now, doesn't that timeline make it a lot of sense? Because if you're looking at it, the first fax comes through in July of 98, Another fax comes through in 98, lies dormant for a little bit. Then with the popularity of the internet and internet forms, Titer or Time Travel Zero, as he was known also, reemerges on Time Travel forums. And, you know, within that time frame, he or she had time to concoct an even more grandiose story. Remember, as we said, Titer says his final goodbye in March of 2001. And then this foundation is created in 2003. Now, I don't know these people from a hole in the wall, so could these people just have been time travel enthusiasts who wanted to create something after this character, John Titer, or were they behind it? We don't know. But uh, let's look into this a little further, shall we? Now, what's interesting here is that this investigator says that there was no physical address, only a post office box. And guess where that post office box was located? You guessed it, Florida. 
more specifically, Kissimmee, Florida. I guess that's how you say it. Kissimmee. I, uh, I don't know. I stayed there once when I was going to uh, Disney World down there because you can't fucking pay for a hotel in Disney. It's out of control. A friend of mine and I stayed at a hotel, and I, I believe back then, and this is the early 2000s, or you know, this is around the same time, so maybe I did uh, run into Old Tider down there, but we got a room in Kissimmee for, I think it was like $45 a night or some shit like that compared to what the hell you had to pay at Disney. And it was only about a 10-mile ride. But this hotel was so fucking sleazy, it was attached to a liquor store. And there were fucking fights going on all night. It, it was an absolute nightmare. But it was worth the price. And it was worth... <laughs> it, it was worth $45, you know. You got free entertainment, and you didn't have to get ripped off by Disney. So we had those two things going for us. But that's neither here nor there. So let's go further into the uh, investigation here. Because now we have uh, someone else hopping in here to investigate. And that is Mr. John Houston. And he apparently does investigations for a website called Hoax Hunter. He identified a gentleman by the name of Larry Haber as the CEO of the John Titer Foundation. And all Haber here is a Florida entertainment lawyer. Okay? So now going back to old uh, Mikey Lynch from that TV show Voyager... With that information, Lynch then concluded that Haber, and apparently had a brother, Maury, interesting name, uh, who was, and get this, a computer scientist. So we have a lawyer and a computer scientist. We have a guy who knows how to stay within the boundaries of the law, with his posts, how not to get sued, I'm assuming. And then you have a computer scientist who would know all this shit about computers and, you know, how uh, these systems work. And Lynch claims that he does believe that these two gentlemen were behind the John Titer mystery. And believe it or not, the name John Titer is actually trademarked. So somebody out there knows something. And uh, the story, or I should say legend, continues to grow to this day. Because this started in 1998, and it's still going strong today in 2021. But... As of 2018, and this is probably the biggest bombshell, if it is indeed accurate. There was a multimedia artist named uh, Joseph Matheny. He says that he worked as a consultant for the people responsible for creating this legend. So he's outright saying that this is a hoax, and he knows who did it, but he will not name names. So, I mean... You got to give old uh, Joey here some credit for uh, not cracking under the pressure and, you know, not being a rat, even though all of us want to know what the fuck is going on here. He does say, and I quote here, John Titer was a story that was created as a literary experiment by people who were observing what I was doing with Ong's hat. And that's a game that he created. I don't know what the fuck that is. And these people wanted to do something like that. I was a consultant on the project but it wasn't my project. Judging by these investigations, you're going to, of course, say that John Titer is nothing more than a creation of a hoaxer. But with all that said, we must reveal this, that no tapes, recordings, or any evidence of that kind of John Titer were ever found. So, riddle me that. I mean, there is no evidence, but there are some 
key pieces of information that would lead us to believe that we did indeed find the creators of John Titor. This is one of the stories that I want to be true, that I want to believe in, but it does seem very far-fetched. But I will say it is definitely the most convincing time travel story I've ever heard. Now, what I want to do before we get out of here tonight is read you a snippet of Titor's last post from March 24th, 2001 at 6.19 p.m., This is when he officially signs off for good. Titer leaves us with the following. No, I do not have a secret agenda, but I have been paying a great deal of attention to your world line. My interaction with you was not a direct mission parameter, but it was a secondary mission protocol based on standing orders given to all temporal drivers. The secondary objective is basically to gather as much information about a world line based on a set of observable variables when we first arrive. Your world line met those conditions. What amazes me is why no one here wonders why Y2K didn't hit them at all. Bring a gas can with you when your car dies on the side of the road. Farewell, John. All right, let's uh, take a look at this and we can get the hell out of here. First off, pretty ballsy and arrogant for our old titty boy here to say that he is the reason why Y2K uh, was a dud. But, you know, like I said, who the hell knows? If he really is a time traveler, maybe he did do it. So I'll end up having an egg on my face if uh, Titer ends up revealing himself and uh, is truly a time traveler. But as of now, I'm going to call him out on his arrogance. The one thing I do find very interesting is, and very smart, is the way he describes these multiverses and these different timelines in which you can be on one timeline, alter it, and then go back to your own timeline and not see that change or, you know, see that change down the road. So, as I said before, he definitely gives himself an out with all these predictions. Very smart move. So, after looking at all this information, as badly as I want to believe in time travel and as much as I want John Titor to be real, I just cannot give my seal of approval. And what that means, no one fucking knows. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this was indeed a hoax created by those two gentlemen down in Florida. I don't know, but uh, if it is, kudos to them. One hell of a job and one hell of a hoax. But that's it, guys. That's the case of time traveler extraordinaire John Titer. And let me know what you think. You can uh, reach me at btcpod2020 at gmail.com or you can get in touch with me on Instagram at the Between the Cracks podcast. Just send me a message there. I get back to everybody as soon as possible. If you want to show your love and support for the boys at the Between the Cracks podcast, you can become a patron and that link will be in the show notes. There are different tier levels and you can look through them and see if there's anything to your liking. Also, if you want to get any merch, you can find us on teespring.com and search BTC. I'll also have that link in the show notes. And that is it. Let's just say a little prayer and uh, hope old Chris finds his way back from whatever dimension he may be in. We hope to see you next week, little buddy. So with all that said, guys, I bid you all the fondest. Oh, a fair.